As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by Shooter Magooter. Shoots, what's up, dude? Not a whole lot, honestly. A little stressed. Yeah, there's a lot happening in our world right now. Yeah, a lot of things going on. Not only do we have a lot of Bravo shows to watch, the rest of my time is filled with the Phillies and the NLDS against the Braves. Steals rocking his Philly shirt for everybody who's watching this, at home. This was my dad's pullover from the 80s when he played for the Phillies. Yeah, it's sick. Every time that we go to a game and you pull that out, it's like, no one else is going to have this. Well, that's the thing that sucks is they actually, for whatever reason, this year they decided to sell these in the shop. So now everyone has them. I thought I was cool and original and now I'm just like everybody else. But this is game used. This is BP. My dad's sweat stains are still in the pits. I mean, we're talking like legit Phillies gear here. You can't pay for that kind of authenticity. You can't pay for my dad's pit stains, man. I hope not. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we got a lot going on in the baseball world. We got a lot going on. The Eagles are playing the Cowboys Sunday night. I will be there. So I apologize in advance if my voice is still a little raspy on Wednesday, which it very well could be because I will be screaming. Well, I have two things with that. I think one, obviously you need to go support the boys. It's the biggest game of the season. The two Cowboys games other than the playoffs, are the biggest games of the year, even when we suck. And we don't suck. We're the greatest team on the history of football right now. Yeah. But we need you supporting the boys, especially against the Cowboys, because go birds, Cowboys suck. Two, if you come back with a little like sexy like rasp in your voice, like I'm not going to hate it. I don't think our listeners are going to hate it either. No, like, I know. We, we get a lot of compliments on our voices. So if I come back and I've got a little sexy rasp going on, a little Barry White for everybody at home, I really don't think anybody's going to complain about it. I know I won't. hey <laughs> But like you said, lots going on in local sports, but a lot is going on in the Bravo world. We have so many fucking shows to watch right now between we got Potomac is finally back. I'm so pumped for that. I've been waiting. I've been counting down. It's my favorite franchise. Salt Lake is on episode three. We got the Southern Charm reunion. We got the Beverly Hills reunion. We have so much Bravo to watch that I am running out of pages in my notebook to take notes. And this is just from like the last four days. So we got a lot of work on our hands. We got we to gotta support the boys downtown, and we got to support our girls on TV. So we knew what we were getting into when we signed up for this. So I'm ready to go. We're going to skip the Bravo news. We're not doing that. The Bravo yeah. news. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Bravo news is the reunions. All right. That's the news. That's what we're going to get into. But we're going to start it out with my favorite. It's finally back. How much experience do you have with Potomac? None whatsoever. This is now two shows in a row. I have nothing. Both me and Colleen, neither of us have watched either franchise. So I am once again going in with some clear eyes, a clear conscience, and I really enjoyed it. Clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Yeah, that's what they say down in Texas. So knee-jerk reaction, what do we think? Give me a out of ten. One out of ten. All right. So, oh, out of ten, I'll I'm gonna give it an eight and a half. Eight eight point six actually. That's a strong score. Yeah. No, I really enjoyed it. Um, little daunting at first because I realized how many housewives are on here. We talked about this two weeks ago with Salt Lake. Five housewives, a little easier to get to know everybody. But now I'm like, I kind of want a little bit more in Salt Lake, and we'll get to that. But 
Potomac 7, I was like, who is who? What's going on here? You have to learn all the dynamics. They didn't have as nice... I mean, this is what, the seventh season? Yeah, this is season seven. So they didn't have that nice intro like they had in Salt Lake, where it's still like a new show. You get to kind of know what happened last season. It just kind of gets pieced together as you watch, which is fine. I mean, I don't need somebody to hold my hand through these things, but it would be a little helpful if I had some background. I understand that. I'll hold your hand, buddy. Thank you. I appreciate (laughs) that. That's what we're here for. That's what the bros are all about. Bro, bros. But no, I, I mean, honestly, I, I enjoyed all the interactions. I Let's ask this question. I, it's probably an obvious, but we do this every time that I watch a new franchise. Mm-hmm. Who do you think will be or is my favorite so far? It's one episode, so it's a little tough. Giselle. No. Ooh, Karen, yeah. easily. It is Karen? Karen is awesome. Karen's the best, she's right? She's already... The grand dame, dude. She's the fucking greatest. She's already number one on top of every other housewife. Yes, I it's told crazy. you. It's crazy. It she, happened so quickly. She is honestly like what all housewives should aspire to be. Like the way that she drops one-liners, the way that she gives her input, the way that she has now figured out that she knows that anything she can say will be used against her. So she words it correctly so that she protects herself. Yeah, and it, you can see that too when they do the flashbacks. Usually in housewife shows, when they do flashbacks and they're talking about something in the present, they get their own words or their own reactions so wrong. Mm-hmm. They react so differently in the past than they think they do in the present. She was correct about everything that she said. When yep. she was sitting on that picnic blanket talking about Ashley and Michael getting a divorce, she was not talking about anything else that everybody was insinuating. Yep. She just wanted the facts, and yep. she gave the facts later. And people were like, oh, no, Karen, you said this, you said that. She's like, no, I didn't. Back to the flashback. She did not say it. I love that. That never happens. So I was like, whoa, what the hell? Look at her. Yeah, she protects herself. She knows what to say to not put herself in precarious positions. I'm thrilled that we're on the same page here. Yeah. I didn't know. I wasn't sure. I thought you would like some of the other ones that are like stirring the pot i mean the good thing about the amount of housewives on this show there are seven but they're all such compelling individual characters for the most part i'm not a huge mia fan Mm -hmm. but the other ones are so fun to watch on tv that i'm okay with having more on this show than other shows i get that but let's dive right into it um i'm I'm excited to get your unbiased takes on all this this is a a fresh perspective for old magooder we start out with the ladies having like a lunch in the park like a little picnic and um there's a couple of things being brought to the table here so first and foremost mia who is newer by the way last year was her first season so Mm -hmm. this is season two for mia um she made a cryptic post kind of cryptic i mean not really cryptic, actually. It was pretty straightforward, saying, like, she found lumps, and she's going to Johns Hopkins Cancer Society to go get it checked out, yada, yada. Insinuating, I mean, most people would take from that, like, oh, my God, you were diagnosed with cancer. Yeah. Right? Naturally. Yeah. So when I did a little more digging into this, um, I guess at some point she altered the caption in the picture. So she went back and corrected it. These girls are concerned that she's doing this for clout, that she's doing this, she's attention-seeking, that she's using the big C word to get sympathy. And Robin says very quickly, like, you don't drop the big C word unless you know that you have cancer. And I fully agree with that. I'm just going to go right out and say it. I did think it was a little attention-seeking. I don't like when people post things like that, especially when they float around cancer and things like that, because it insinuates, like you said, that you do have cancer. If right. you don't know that you have it and you are just kind of like going through biopsies and whatever, 
and I mean, who am I to really say like what you can say about other people? But when you put it on social media, it is a little attention seeking. It is a little woe is me. And everybody needs to chime in and say, you know, I hope you pull through this, whatever. You have your family there. You have all of your friends. Go talk to them. Get it settled. I'm sure you're going through so much mentally that I don't think posting on Instagram is going to help that. All these strangers commenting on it and picking things apart like your caption and things that you said and do you have it or do you not? How is that going to help your psyche? I just don't really understand that. So I will kind of go on the side of you know what Robin brought up. It did seem a little attention seeking. And I think that's kind of where I am right now. And after she talked to her mom and you said this, the way that she talked to her mom was a little odd. And she said that, you know, her and her mom have been like at odds for a little bit. So yeah. whatever. When her mom came in and said, did you hear anything back? She goes, about what? Oh, really? Yeah. I she goes, that. about what? I had the caption. And her mom too. goes, um, the like biopsy. And she goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I heard about that yesterday. Okay. What the fuck do you think anybody's <laughs> asking you? Like, if that's the elephant in the room, you posted this on Instagram. This is the only thing that you are seemingly talking about. And the only thing that really matters in your life at the moment, if your mom of all people says, did you hear back? What do you think she's talking about? That's a valid, I missed that. I had the captions on this time too. And I, I still didn't see that. That's, yeah. that's a really interesting response to that. I will say you, you didn't see that. You got a clip from mm -hmm. last year of her kind of putting her foot in her mouth and she made an accusation against one of the girls in the groups and claimed that she said something that she didn't actually say. She reworded it to make it much more vicious than it actually was. So Mia kind of has a weird past where she, she seems untrustworthy. Like she mm -hmm. does some kind of sketchy shit. Like last week she made a post about how her husband's brother allegedly was running their funds like he was their accountant or something and then stole all of it and is now gone and now she's broke like again that's a weird thing to post online that's a weird claim to make and if that is true you're living in a rental home for 10k a month so i have so many questions about her finances i have questions about whether or not she has cancer if she does like uh, yeah of course we feel horrible and hopefully she gets better soon but with all of these different things coming into play, when you have a lot of evidence coming out where it seems a little sketchy, usually some sketchy shit is occurring. Yeah, I get that. And I do have a bone to pick with the 10K a month for renting a house. If you live in that area and your whole livelihood is in that area, buy a fucking house. If you're going to spend 10K a 10K month. 10K a month? Rent a $1,000. 1000 Yeah, right. Okay. Rent a... <laughs> Like rent like a two thousand dollar apartment or a three thousand dollar apartment and save seven to eight thousand a month for a few months and make a down payment on a home. Yeah, you don't need a seven bedroom house with all this shit and then put what did she say sixty five or sixty upwards 000. of sixty five thousand into the house, a house that you're renting. I can't imagine spending that much money. I can't imagine spending five thousand dollars on a rental home, let alone ten thousand. No. You don't own it. What are you doing? You're no, literally you throwing money in the trash and. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. You have a lot of questions about her finances because nothing she's doing makes any sense at all. And she seems fiscally very irresponsible. Yeah, <laughs> it just, you know, that, that rubbed me the wrong way when I saw that. You've got Ashley over here buying a house through an LLC with Michael, who oh she's God, quote unquote divorcing, but separated and whatever. Did not know about the law about you have to be separated for a year in Virginia. I guess it makes sense. Whatever. I'm not, who am I to talk about laws? 
on this show. Yeah, we're not lawyers. We've talked about it before, but anyway. We got we got skewered in the comment section for not even talking about law, just talking about a case going on. And they said, like, clearly they know nothing of the law. No, we don't. No, this is the court of public opinion, yeah, Erica. Yeah, we don't know shit about the law, Seriously. and we don't claim to know shit about the law. Anyway, continue. But yeah, and then you see, you get the glimpses of what Michael wanted to live in the concrete city, and he was up in some high-rise. Go buy a house. They're actually going and buying a house in Arlington. The other two are renting. I'm scared to find out what these other people do. It doesn't make sense. Uh, Robin owns her home. Okay. Um, Giselle owns her home. She just redid it. She's actually been remodeling for a while. I know. Oh all about yeah, this yeah. Show. No, I, I did see the Giselle, yeah. Giselle thing. Yeah. Um, and Karen, I, I assume Karen could own a house. Like she's financially very stable. She does her own thing. I know Ray's got some funds, so like they're okay. I, I don't know what the reason for her renting is. Um, I just don't understand it. But they said like uh. Or they showed a picture of her house and it said Karen's rental. Okay. So I don't know. We have to. Well, look. I, I'm not going to talk badly about Karen. No, you will no not on this podcast. It is going to take me a little while to kind of get warmed up to these women because I don't really know them. First impressions today, I pretty much already went through a power ranking system as I usually do. Yeah, let's hear it. So yeah, I, as my power rankings sit, I've got Karen at the top, unmatched. No one's going to touch her, I don't think. Then I'm going to go Robin. I like Robin a lot. Helps that she is on again, off again, fiance with Juan Dixon, who I used to watch when he played basketball at Maryland. A lot of fun there. Okay, so hold on real quick. I'm just going to fill you in as we go. This is good. This, okay. I like this. I like this setup. So Robin and Juan were married. Robin and Juan got divorced. Robin and Juan never moved out of the house. They lived together for a long time. Their relationship started back up. They were kind of dragging their feet for a really long time. Finally, I think it might have been last year. In the last couple of years, Juan proposed again to get remarried and that's where we stand now okay that's good to know yeah i like see this i like this all right so yeah robin in second then i'm gonna throw giselle in there at third i thought I and mean, she had a couple of things that kind of bothered me when at the party which we'll get to but we'll put her in the third spot for now i'm gonna throw wendy in under giselle at four okay i got a weird look from you i'm sure i'm probably gonna eat my words at some point later uh, and then I'm actually going to put Sharice in there because of her ties to Eddie George. Yeah, I figured that was coming out. Uh, Eddie, Eddie Jordan. Eddie Jordan, yeah. I'm just going to put uh, Ashley at the end and Candace at the end. Six, seven. So, Candace, you're, you're on the nose. That, that was a correct yeah. ranking. I, you're going to mix this whole thing up as this year goes on. Okay. I'm, pretty, I'm fairly confident with that. I don't think you're wrong. I think first impressions, especially this episode, are going to be deceiving. Okay. Because he didn't get the full picture of, of who some of these ladies can be. Mind you, Wendy had a very explosive season last year. So the other thing to note with this franchise is a lot of the dudes have a lot of rumors about them. I've seen that. Okay, yeah. so this takes us to our next big point of this um, episode. Ashley and Michael are getting a divorce, okay? For years. There has been drama surrounding Michael. Infidelity, cheating rumors. There's been rumors that he's possibly gay. Like, there's a lot of things that have been kind of overshadowing this marriage. And a lot of the women in the group feel this too, like, where they all do not like Michael. Mm -hmm. So, like, a lot of them are stoked that this is going on. That's why they are like, this is not a divorce. Like, you need to get a divorce, blah, blah, blah. And we'll get into all that shit. But, a picture came out last year of Michael in a hotel room that somebody took from the bed of him in like briefs. He talked his way out of it. He said, we went back to the room. 
we were really drunk. I fell asleep. I woke up, got dressed, and left. And Ashley believed that story. Yeah, and I kind of see that because Ashley already said a little bit later when she was talking to her brother about how she doesn't know about how the finances work because she's never had to pay for anything herself. Mm -hmm. So I think that when you're faced with that kind of ultimatum, do I really want to call him out on this and potentially divorce him and then lose pretty much my entire financial livelihood? Or do I want to give him the benefit of the doubt? Because it does sound like they have a weird social life where she was into the, or she, so, I guess for his sake, into the threesomes and then not. And now she wants to pull out and be monogamous and he's not into that. So I don't know what the fuck's going on in that. So yes, they had three, they were in an open relationship in that regard where they would have some threesomes when she started having kids or right before having kids or somewhere along the way, she then was like, no, I'm really not into this anymore. And in this episode, we find out where she's like, I think Michael took that as no, not right now, maybe later. And my whole thing with the whole Michael and Ashley thing, I really need them to get divorced. Because I hate Michael. He's okay. probably one of my least favorite house husbands in all of Bravo. He's like weaselly and gross, and he's clearly lying through his teeth. He's uber wealthy. So, like, that's where your theory comes into play. Like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to bite my tongue and mm-hmm. kind of move on from this, and I'll buy whatever shitty story he's selling because I don't want to lose my lifestyle. That I get. Okay, fine. You're at the point now where you are separated with intent to divorce. Like you said to all of the ladies during this picnic, like we're going to get divorced. They clarified specifically because they knew that you're dragging your feet with the whole thing. So they're making you acknowledge the D word, divorce. And she says, yes. We find out later when they get to the taco party or the spring fling, there was like 15 different names for that, that party. I don't know what we're... The, it, was, it was at a taco place. Spring it was like El spring. Teco. Spring into spring party... And she's like, no, I never said that. Like, we're just getting separated. You have to be separated for a year in Virginia where she throws that back out there. So it's all very confusing. And we have the scene with Uncle Lump, who you will grow to love. Yeah. Uncle Lump is the man. Love him. He always just like, he's a straight shooter. He's going to tell you like it is. He doesn't put up with any shit. She's explaining this housing. I'm confused by it. Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. And I did, again, not really having a whole lot of background knowledge when I was thinking about it. I'm like, all right, well, if you can have an amicable relationship with your ex-husband and you do get a house so that at least your kids are set up, at least you're set up and you can be a mother to your kids and he can kind of be in and out of the life. Maybe he doesn't live there. Maybe he comes over. He has share custody, whatever. If that's what you want and you want like that Dolores Frank type of relationship, not saying that they'd ever even get close to that. That's disrespectful to Dolores and It Frank. is. It is. I'm sure. But if you want something like that and you want him to pay for that livelihood, I do kind of support that from her perspective. And I also understand that maybe she is like a little shell shocked and she doesn't want to lose that, lose that entire financial stability. But if everything that you're saying is true and he's just an absolute worm. Yeah, he really is. Then I, you know, better for Ashley to just completely move on. I'm sure she'll be able to find something else to do. Maybe is there, there were talks of prenups and but other relationships. So that's is there a prenup the thing. There? That's the thing that's confusing as shit because she said that she signed a prenup in which she wouldn't get alimony. She would get a lump sum unless they were married for five years or more, which and they've they been married were. For eight. So she yeah. gets alimony. Like you get your cut. So what are you doing? It doesn't, it doesn't track. And then Lump is like, do you have a lawyer? She's like, no. It's like, what do you mean you don't have a lawyer? Like, that's the first thing you do when you get divorced. Like, you get a lawyer. So he's like, what, what's happening? Are you starting a new business? Or are you getting divorced? You're talking about an LLC. And not to mention, Michael is the one writing the terms. Yeah. 
So not even Michael's lawyer is getting involved. Yeah, like, you're just going to get into muddier and muddier waters as you go, especially once you start getting assets together, and that's going to be really weird. I did, however, appreciate there were a lot of sports things going on in this episode, and oh, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I saw Cordell Stewart at one point. I'm yep. like, holy shit, Cordell Stewart. Yep, you texted I recognize me, holy who shit, that is. Cordell Stewart. Exactly, yeah, that was my instant reaction. And obviously, we've got the Juan Dixon thing going on. We've got Eddie Jordan. We've got, I guess, Robin was a dancer for, um, for the Wizards at one point in 2002. That's awesome. I love yeah. this. This is great. This is everything speaking to me really well. And I thoroughly enjoyed it up until the taco party, pretty much. Yeah. And we can jump right there. I mean, the only other thing I really wanted to touch on, again, it has to do with the men in this whole realm. I just want to make sure that you're aware of all the goings on as we get into the drama so you can comment appropriately on said drama. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about Candace and Chris real quick. All right. Rumors have come out about Chris that he's cheating on Candace. Okay, we got a quick scene with them where they're freezing their embryos. There's some clips in the trailer that kind of reference this. And then just to give you the full run through, Giselle claims that Chris slid into her DMs at like 2.30 in the morning inviting her to the W. Chris obviously claims that this is not true. I have always gotten bad vibes from Chris. I think he's a sketchy dude. Yeah. Like he just, what did you think, like initial reaction? Uh, I thought he was a guy that was... <laughs> It changed a couple different times, but at first I thought he was just a guy that was a little overworked. He works in food and bev, food and of bev. course. Call um, back. and he was like, "Oh yeah, I, I get two days off a week." It did make me uncomfortable when they were having that discussion in front of the doctor. Yeah, me too. Do that at home. Yeah, like no. I don't like when any person in a relationship uses a third person to try to like get to the bottom of the argument that you've probably been having for weeks. That's really awkward for the third person. Leave them out of it, please. For God's sakes. Anyway, moving on from that. First, I was like, oh, yeah, he works in food and bev. He's working late nights. He's managing a restaurant, whatever. It'll be fine. They'll, they'll get over it. And then later, I saw him when he got to the, and this is just probably me, but I saw him at the taco party, and they were like, oh, yeah, we've got a, a signature drink over there. Karen was, like, gesturing towards the bar. And he's like, oh, no, thanks. I'm good. He was drinking a Monster Energy. Was like, he really? Yeah. I was like, ah. Boom. Yeah, I don't... I, I've talked about this before. I don't trust people that don't drink coffee. It goes doubly for the people that drink energy drinks like that. I, I don't agree. trust them. I don't. I, they no. could pop off at any moment. I just, I don't like them. I don't even know what's in them. It lists all those ingredients on the side. I don't know what that shit taurine. is. Yeah, I, I, taurine, guarine, like, no thanks. No, it sounds like chemicals that should be used in a nuclear reactor. Probably yeah, not my stuff. That's probably why that shit is like neon green. Yeah. And if these cheating rumors are true, and again, like, that kind of ties in with the uh, like you're getting home at 1 a.m. every night. Yeah. Every night, dude. Every night, dude. Like, that's just when you put two and two together, we love numbers. It makes four. Okay. Anyway, on to the taco party. We're at the spring fling, the spring into spring, springling a ding. Yeah. So we, we do get to the spring fling and. What started off for me quickly as a, oh, this is nice. Look at all the friends that are coming in. Friend of this person, friend of Mia, friend of Giselle, friend of Karen. This is cool. We don't usually see that. We usually see like some randoms in the background and then they just kind of focus on the main group. After a while, it got exhausting. Like, who the hell is that? Who's that? There's a lot of new faces for me to deal with already. Mm -hmm. And then you start throwing in seven, eight different friends and they're all chiming in and getting involved in the conversations that are happening on the show. I'm fucking confused. You know what my first thought was? 
What? Oh, shit. Are these all friend ofs? Because I can't keep track. We have too much to follow right There's now. There's already seven housewives. I you know. can't keep throwing out people. It was, it was hard to keep track of. But then I locked in. And what I did see, I thought that Mia was okay standing up for herself. I, did, I thought that Giselle was digging a little too deep. Oh, I agree. It could have just been a one-off, like, why did you, why, what, pretty much what I just said 10 minutes ago, why did you post this on Instagram? Not accusing her of being attention-seeking, just being like, you know what, like, why don't you just sit with your family and talk about it? Why don't you reach out to your friends if you're really feeling pressured? Don't put it up there and then go edit this and do that and do whatever. Keep it at that. Don't start accusing her of things. That's wrong, especially for someone who might actually have cancer. She's being open and honest, and she's like, yeah, you know, I had two lumps. They did the biopsy. They sent them away for tests. They're letting me know. You know, I'm hoping and praying that I don't actually have cancer, but obviously we don't know yet. So yeah, I did post on Instagram, Giselle, why don't you back the fuck off? And then she just doubled down and kept going after her. And I do like that Karen in this moment, which I referenced earlier, Giselle was trying to drag Karen into it. She was trying to drag Ashley into it. She's trying to drag Robin into it. Everybody there was like, no, like we all told you, let's just hear what she has to say. Let's see what she feels like the next week that we talk to her. And here we just get Giselle just going after me. And Mia's like, you know what? Fuck you. And I appreciated that. Stand up for yourself and do that. That was a rightful fuck you. I think that that was justified because only, like you said, the way that she introed it, is this cancer or no cancer? Mm-hmm. You can't say that to somebody. Like, she That's does brutal. have lumps. Like, we can at least acknowledge that she had a biopsy. Like, that much is true. So we don't really know. And by the way, if it does come back cancer, Giselle's going to feel like a huge asshole. Yeah. Because you just made fun of a cancer patient who opened up about her battle with cancer so like that's why this is such a fine line of and of course only on bravo do we have multiple shows across the network in which cancer farces are popping up yeah it's crazy to me that here we are talking about this and this happened in oc like a while ago like this is part of the big three i think wasn't it like leave the kids out of it no faking cancer and what was the third one train your dogs train your dogs oh wow yeah that is the big three and then we have to discuss this and then we can move on because, again, we have so much shit to talk about tonight. You've seen Michael, correct? Yes. You know what the man looks like. Oh, yeah. You've seen Ashley, right? Mm-hmm. You know what she looks like. Yep. You're going to tell me that Ashley had a coochie craving for Michael? I mean, maybe he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I mean, he certainly seems to have a lot of practice, so I yeah. guess that could be true. That's but a like, good point. Dude, come on. This is harder to believe than Whitney and Naomi. Yeah, no, that's, that's actually a pretty good comparison. I mean, I guess there's something to say about like the father of your children, that maybe there is something else there and you get that. And she did, she did say that they didn't have sex, so that's good. But I mean, I, I don't know. I, I felt the same way. I'm like, Ugh, why? I don't know. I don't understand it. And like, maybe because he's the father of your kids. Okay, fine. Maybe. But to announce it on national television, and Dev actually brought up a very interesting point with this one. She said that she's playing the game. And like Karen also alluded to the fact like, no, she's just playing the game, right? Yeah. She finally learned how to play. Like, is that her saying that on national TV? So Michael gets a little like, oh, nice. Like a little self high five for being good at sex or whatever. And then she saves face so that she can keep playing her cards. Is this all like a big play by Ashley? And it very well could be like she could have figured out the game. She's getting what she needs and what she wants. And she's just leading Michael along the whole time. Could be. I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. 
or maybe do some digging on current events, but yeah, but, we haven't heard anything. But we're back. Potomac's back. Shooter's in. I'm thrilled. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, as it stands right now, I mean, one episode in, I'm putting this above Salt Lake. Okay. That's so, fair. It is in my book. Yeah. So you're we're and well above track. Beverly Hills. I, oh, it's above and Dude, watching these two shows and being able to talk about them and not Beverly Hills is so refreshing. Oh, don't worry. We've, I'm sure we've got six more episodes of Beverly Hills. Three. It's a three-parter. Are we sure? I'm positive. Thank I'm positive. God. I made note of it because Andy said it, and I was like, I'm writing this shit down because if it goes to four, I'm suing. Oh, God. Sue for peace, please. <laughs> That takes us to Salt Lake City, Roslick, as Shooter has dubbed it. Well I done. would actually prefer to call it uh, the Real Housewives of Scottsdale. Oh, yeah. Okay. We'll Still do in that Scottsdale. For now. While, while we're here. While we're there, I'll give credit where credit's due. We are with the Real Housewives of Scottsdale, and it's the Meredith and Lisa drama. And this whole time, and I told you this is how the dynamic was prior, like no matter what goes down, Lisa is going to apologize, apologize, apologize. She wants to get back on Meredith's good side so bad that she refuses to acknowledge all of the brutal behavior that she's getting in return. Did she fuck up? Yes. Did she say some stupid things that she didn't know was going to get filmed? Yes. Has she apologized? Relentlessly, to the point where I'm already over her apologizing. And Meredith's responses to her are so patronizing and condescending and treating her like a child, like you can sit there and wait until I'm done talking, and then you can speak. It's like, if somebody said that to me, I would go full Teresa, and I'd flip that goddamn table. Yeah, and I think that Meredith knows, because she's been friends with Lisa, she knows that Lisa's not going to react that way. She knows that Lisa's going to sit there and take it. And the, like you said, the way that she talks to her is so condescending. And I think Heather hit the nail on the head, too, just talking about it like, you're being the superior condescending friends talking down on Lisa right now, just pretty much putting her in her place, knowing that she can't do anything back to you. And we're sitting there watching this and we're like, this fucking sucks. Yeah. This is tough to watch. You have Whitney trying to chime in saying nonsense, which I've done a complete 360 on Whitney. 180. You sorry. did a 360. 360, I'd be, be right back. Way. But yeah, no. 180 on Whitney. She adds absolutely nothing to this conversation. Jen is sitting over there still feeling sorry for herself. Heather, thank God Heather's there. I love Heather. Heather is one of my faves. She's probably right under Karen on yeah. my goat chart. She, she works so well in this dynamic because she's the only voice of reason. And there's only five of them. So thank God there's at least one. And she's just trying to pretty much coordinate this whole argument. And it goes absolutely nowhere because Lisa's actually apologizing bringing up the things that she said and then directly apologizing for the things that she said, Meredith won't have any of it at all. It's clear that Meredith is just like, and it goes like a quick confessional with Whitney and she's like, she's looking for anything. She's just pulling at threads because very unfortunately for Lisa, and it's not a great term to use regardless, but she has used it prior in last week's episode. So clearly it is not a dig at Meredith. She said, I'm not going to slip my wrists over anybody. And unfortunately, very unfortunately, Meredith had had somebody in her family recently try to commit suicide. So immediately she's like, are you kidding? Like goes off on her and like Lisa cannot do anything right. Like I felt so bad for I her I didn't right feel there. bad for her there. That's, that's such a strange analogy. It's a Why terrible analogy. No, no, no. It's a, hold on. Hold on. It is a horrible analogy. She shouldn't use it anymore. I made that. I, yeah. I said that already. 
I'm just saying for that to be like, she could have said anything else. And I, I, she probably still would have gotten shit on by Meredith. I mean, she was looking for any ammo whatsoever. I think just be a normal person be like, I will yeet myself off a bridge. That's normal. Yeah. Yeet? People talking about, yeah. Oh, it's dude. funny when you throw a word or something in there. Like I'll, I, we talk about it all the time. If the Eagles lose, I will find the nearest bridge and jump off. No, you, you just said yeet. You just had like a, yeah, what's yeet up, myself off cool the balcony, kids you know, moment. Throw myself on the floor, throw myself down a uh, flight of stairs, my, things like that. My guy, but, we're 30. We don't say yeet. I say yeet all the time. <laughs> but don't get so graphic that you're talking about slitting your wrist. Yeah, no, like, it was. What, that. Why would that be okay? How has nobody stopped her before this? Because it sounds like she uses it at least twice a week. It, I mean, statistically speaking, we have seen it for two days, and she's. Well, we know her husband's not going to stop her. He's a fucking robot. Oh my god! Did you see what his name was in her phone? No. JB Husband Boss. I shit you not. JB Husband Boss. I mean, Lisa's weird. What is that? Is that like a Mormon thing? No, that's what just the weird. Fuck, it's bizarre. Strange behavior. It's robot behavior. Wow. They're robots. I think we're looking at like a Stepford Wives situation here where they have been replaced by robot people. And that's what we're watching. We're watching Lisa and her robot husband and her robot family. So you think the church is being run by robot people? <laughs> <laughs> we could go way down the rabbit hole. This day. Let's just move on. We got too much shit to talk about. But we get to the morning after and everybody's like waking up and Jen Shaw is doing the absolute most. Like she is trying to be the coolest housewife ever. Because Did she bring that megaphone? Yes, she brought the megaphone. Jeez. She definitely brought the megaphone and she's walking through the house. Which, by the way, if I'm woken up via megaphone, my whole day's ruined. Yeah. My entire day's fucked. So please don't wake up anybody with a megaphone. It's just rude. This isn't a sorority. No, it's not. It, it seems like it at times, but it's I mean, not. It's not. It, this is an adult trip in beautiful Scottsdale. Don't wake up your friends with a megaphone. But anyway, Jen comes in and wakes up Heather. And like, I thought it was amazing when Heather goes in on the glam squad. Oh, yeah. Because we've seen a glam squad across the board, right? And we've had our comments about it. Like, do you really need a glam squad? at a hotel when you're going out with your friends to go surfing? No, you don't. Heather feels the exact same way. Heather is the shit, and we obviously share that sentiment, but to hear her be like, do you really need a glam squad with your friends on a trip in Scottsdale? No, you don't. Who are you looking good for? The cactuses? The cacti. Yeah. Yeah, that was a really good line. But yeah, then... I mean, the morning was just so strange with everybody getting ready, and it was a very normal, obviously, aside from Jen... Then you flash over to Whitney, and she's taking a bubble bath. Yeah. Odd. It was strange. She's a strange cat. She is a strange... I can't tell if she's just really weird or kind of stupid. I'm like kind of in the middle with it, where she does a couple of things, and I'm like, all right, that's just strange behavior, but I think she still has her wits about her. So I really don't <laughs> know where I'm, like, where I'm landing with her. And her taking a bubble bath is just bizarre. But they do at least do something that, I mean, you see, it, it's essentially, it's a bachelorette party. I mean, they go More on the, they go on the, uh, what did Heather, like what was Heather's favorite word? The trolley? The trolley, yeah. What a, I don't know why that's her favorite word. That was a weird one. But yeah, they go on, they do the drink biking through Scottsdale, fine, whatever. And it's just wild. I it mean, was insane. These women are married, they are Mormon, and they all have children. And they are like grinding on each other and throwing wine at, at each other, which is so funny because it was passive aggressive between 
Lisa and uh, Meredith just throwing wine back at each other. Mm-hmm. And you know that they were just like getting some frustrations out in oh, a yeah. funny way, which, fine, I support that. That's cool. And they just, you know, go all the way through. And then I can't think of a weirder place to end up after drinking all afternoon than having a private show with these horse ladies, for lack of a better term. The Escaramuza riders, I believe. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Good for you. Thank you. And then putting on these traditional dresses and learning how to side saddle and get up on a horse after drinking all afternoon. I just can't imagine. It's really dangerous. First of all, side saddle is... Riding a horse in general, it can be very dangerous. Riding a horse side saddle is very dangerous, especially if you've never done it before. Yeah. Especially if you just tied a load on riding around Scottsdale, pouring booze on all of your friends. Which let's let's focus in on that. Do you, I can't imagine a worse activity than drinking and pedaling. Like oh my that God. thing moves on its own, right? I, I has to. There's no chance it in hell there's any to. power going because there's brakes, obviously. Yeah, so people also, are still pedaling and being stupid and drunk. Are the pedals just for show? Have to be. You don't think they have any influence on the overall mechanics of the bike whatsoever? Not at all. Interesting. I think it's very silly. If anybody here is either, you know, runs one of those or has been on one of those that has more insight into this, we would love to know because I, now I'm, I'm curious. I wouldn't trust somebody who's been on one that would say that it definitely moves. I need, I need an engineer. We need an engineer. We need no. a bike boost cruise engineer to let us know. They're out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope one of you listens to us, and we'd love to get some input. Um, but I, I first fully agree. I can't imagine a worse activity than bike riding while drinking. Like that sounds miserable. But we kind of see how things are like starting to boil up while they're at the horse show. Like you see Heather take Lisa off to the side, and this is after the conversation that Heather had with Meredith, where she's like, "You're being a condescending, superior bitch." Like, flat out, like, knock it off. And that's why I love Heather. She's gonna, she will say it, and she, it comes out well. Like, she says it well to where the other women don't seem to have a rebuttal. Like yeah, Meredith, they're not really offended either. No, like, it comes off where it's more like, hey, you're being a condescending superior bitch. Stop, please. Like, for our sake, okay? Okay, moving on. And that's what I love about Heather. Yeah. But let me remind you, like, Heather and Lisa were never tight. Like, mm-hmm. they weren't cool. But I think that Heather's feeling sympathy because, she even references it and Whitney references it. Like Meredith had so much beef with Jen Shaw and now they're like tighter than thieves. So why is this different? Why are you holding Lisa to a different standard? You see that faction kind of start to form like with Heather and Lisa, which is new. And I'm very interested to see where that goes, but you see all of this starting to build up. You see Whitney's talking to Meredith and she's saying, oh, well, you said this and you said that completely negating the fact that she is the one that said actual specific names of people and places. Then we just, we get to the dinner and this is where shit starts to go off the rails entirely. And it's the garbage whore lingerie party. Makes no sense. Well, they, they they put on a bunch of lingerie to cook dinner. To cook dinner at the grill. Dinner. Yeah. That's dangerous. It doesn't make any sense. That's very dangerous. They weren't partying. This wasn't a party. This was a dinner. No, this was a Jen Shaw orchestrated dinner. Then eat the dinner and then go put on your lingerie and have a party. Oh, yeah. That's actually a much better. It doesn't make any sense. Are you a party planner? I should be. (laughs) I mean, it's not that hard to piece these things together. But yeah, I mean, you're right. They all start coming out and Lisa has on pretty much pajamas. Whatever. Who the hell cares? Do you? They all shame her because she doesn't have lingerie to put on for all of her friends which is weird to begin with but 
yeah, again, I, they're going out and they're grilling meat and talking about this. And Whitney, I couldn't tell. Again, this is where I, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to say that I think that maybe she was really drunk and she was forgetting things that she had just said two or three minutes ago and then walks in and says something completely different, then reiterates the exact same thing that she just said five minutes ago, but then says that she didn't say it. It made no sense logistically. And everybody just got really confused, including the two who were actually at odds between Lisa and Meredith. They were confused. I, I have no idea what to make of any of it. But it was still good TV to watch. No, it was great TV, but it was very confusing. And I warned you about Whitney last week. I said she has a tendency to say one thing and then act a different way. And that's exactly what we see tonight. When it starts to blow up at the dinner table, Whitney keeps saying, this is your problem, Meredith. You said these things. And Meredith, to her credit in that moment, was just like, whoa, whoa. You said that she was hooking up with that guy for jazz courtside tickets, which Heather's which, comment was amazing. Oh, my She's God. Like, you don't need to give a dude a blowy for courtside at the jazz. No. Like, L.A. next to Jack Nicholson? Maybe. Jazz but then courtside. she came right back and said, I'd give a blowy for a hamburger. Yeah, it's not like, that big of a deal. Yeah, she's like, my bar's pretty low. <laughs> <laughs> she's so good. But it gets really confusing because Whitney keeps trying to throw this at Meredith and throw this at Meredith. It's like, if we are going to split hairs like this, if you're going to point fingers, then yeah, Meredith should not have said anything, and she is the one that brought it up. However, you gave specifics, which means that you are just as much, if not more, of the problem here, and you're completely ignoring that. And granted, she's going through a lot, and she's clearly struggling with it, and like I respect that, and probably drank too much tonight, and this is kind of a culmination of all of that coming together. But if you're going to take this stance of you're going to be like the healer of the group, you're going to wrangle everybody together and fix this, then you have to be more pointed in your arguments. You have to be more directed in what you're trying to accomplish instead of just throwing shit out there and then allowing the group to just melt down in front of you because you can't get your story straight. Yeah, it's not only that. She's also trying to say that she apologized for her part in it. And she told Lisa exactly what she told Meredith, but she didn't. No. And then she said that she apologized for it, which she also didn't do. Nope. So none of these things make any sense. And I just felt bad because Lisa's just freaking out at this point. Now she's hearing that everybody is talking about how she's giving out sexual favors for her business, for courtside jazz tickets, whatever. And Whitney just keeps screaming. And now she's directing her attention to Heather, who was at that jazz game with Angie, talking about how... Angie told them, oh, that's the guy that Lisa blows to get courtside seats. <laughs> and Heather's like, I didn't fucking hear that. Also, you weren't even sitting with us. You were two seats over and then two rows back. So at what point did you hear this? And she's like, when we took the selfie, she said it right then and there. I don't know about you, but in situations, do you think that somebody's like spilling tea while taking a selfie? I would imagine not. Probably not. not. Also, probably not pointing people out, sitting courtside at a basketball game, saying that's the guy. You don't want to be pointed at, so nobody's going to be doing any pointing. It just didn't make any sense, and I, I don't think that maybe, maybe Whitney doesn't even remember where she heard it. Maybe she never heard it. Maybe she made it up just so she had a piece of gossip to bring to Meredith, because she doesn't know really how to be friends with other people. And she just wanted to feel cool at the moment. That actually seems plausible to me. Given past behavior, I can't put it past her. Like there's, It's funny that you already did a 180 on her because 
look, she's going to have a lot of likable moments. Like, she's a likable character a lot of the time, but then she does shit like this, and it's like, you don't really know where to stand with her. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how that, how your relationship with her goes as we... It's going to be tumultuous. Continue the, yeah, it's going to be up and down. It's going to be a roller coaster. All right, buckle up. That takes us to reunion time. Our first reunion as Brav Bros. Our first two reunions as Brav Bros that we get to talk about. Yeah. And the first one is Southern Charm. We're going to dive back into our friends. Dive back into our friends. We're going to dive back in with our friends from Charleston. And overall, what do you think? I actually did enjoy it. Um, and it's interesting to kind of compare it to what we got with Beverly Hills tonight. It was much better than Beverly Hills because we really talked about the hot button issues yep. right away. We didn't really you know, ease into it with anything else. We went right at it. We get to hear about how Shep and Taylor are no longer together. And then we get to revisit that later about how Taylor feels about what Shep's been doing and his escapades after they broke up. We get a little bit of the Olivia Austin information, which you and I had, were under the influence that they were still dating. I guess they're not, or we they got never some were. Info that they were, but I get, yeah, clearly they were never official. They I don't think Facebook they even official. know. It just, it just seemed a little weird. The one thing I will say, and again, this is really our first reunion. This isn't the first reunion that I've watched before. I've watched Jersey. I've watched Summer House. I've watched whatever. But watching at it as a brav bro, as a podcaster, an influencer, if you will. <laughs> what? Yeah. And we're everything. Did you not see the box we got from Bubbly? We are influencers. Oh. I okay. know. But my main takeaway, I didn't care for Andy being the, uh, the coordinator. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, Interesting. I, I think he overstepped a couple of times. I thought he kind of pushed his opinion. Whereas what he should be doing is just asking the questions. Ask the uncomfortable questions that we want answers to. Ask Vanita and Madison if they're still friends. Ask Vanita and Naomi if they're still friends. Ask Austin and Olivia what's going on with your dating life. Ask Shep and Taylor what's going on. He did a couple of those things, but I feel like the cast did a lot of the heavy lifting, yeah, a lot of the were, work. Yeah, they brought up a lot of the main points. Which is good, and that's fine with me. I don't think he should be pushing his opinion. And I understand, like, if you want to dig a little deeper, if they're not giving you a good answer, fine, go after it. But if somebody's saying something, don't twist their words and say, no, 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 what you're thinking is wrong. What, the way that he did it with Austin and Madison, between Madison's uh, engagement post and the way that she did it with i guess she did it on amazon prime which was weird and we've talked about it he asked austin how he felt about it and austin was like i feel like i should have gotten a heads up because i was blindsided by it and he was like mad about that yeah he like, had an attitude about it what the hell buzz off dude like you ask the question let them settle it and then try to dig a little bit deeper don't push your agenda i don't like that he asked naomi immediately like would you expect that to happen and she's mm -hmm. like no that would be weird and look I see both sides to it, honestly. Like, would it have been nice for her, like, in passing, be like, hey, just heads up. Like, yeah, that would have been kind of a cool move on her part. Is it expected and demanded? I don't think so, because to Naomi's point, like, if you're texting your ex, like, hey, I just got engaged, that's disrespectful to your current fiancé. I agree with that part. And I think that given the circumstances of their relationship and it being in the public eye and it being on national television, like, it would make more sense if she did it in that scenario versus, like, if this was everyday life and this happened to your neighbor and he decided to send a text to his ex, like, Hey, I just got engaged. Like that's a different scenario. I think that if she had just done an Instagram post and just said, I'm engaged, 
She didn't need to do the whole Amazon Prime no, thing. No, and then like it was a weird move. It didn't it, again. I mean, we talked about this what eight weeks ago. Who the hell got a notification from Amazon Prime and said Madison Lacroix is announcing her engagement or she has a big announcement coming up? Who's clicking live on that? I would love to know like what the number of viewers for that was. I bet 12. it was more than you, no way. I bet it was. I know. Way it, more than you think. Unfortunately, I'm sure it was a lot more than I would like. And but if you I, guys watched it, awesome. We we have no qualms there. I have qualms. But <laughs> that being said, from Austin's perspective, yeah, it is a little blindsiding. Was it shitty timing that he was like with all the boys? Yeah, a little bit because they're all kind of like snickering a little bit. Like, oh, what's going what's going through Austin's head? But just do an Instagram post. You're not cool enough to do an Amazon Prime thing. I agree. I, I agree with that. I, I didn't think that she needed to do that, but yeah, I mean Overall, I did like it, and I really want to get into what you think about the Shep and Taylor thing. So I thought it was nice to finally see Taylor just like say what she wants to say and like air him out a little bit. The problem is it goes in one ear and out the other. Like nothing's really landing with Shep because he's still seemingly under the impression that like he gave it his best shot, so he's not in the wrong, which makes me furious. The way that he deflects the question, she's like, I was there for two and a half years. Like, and he's like, yeah, two and a half years. Like, that's not a short amount of time. It's like, no, dude, that's a really long amount of time that you fucked around with her and her feelings and her life. Like, it's two and a half years that she wants to settle down and move forward with her life. And you kept her stuck in this stagnant, miserable relationship in which she wasn't being fulfilled in any way, shape, or form. Meanwhile, on the side, you are hooking up with allegedly 300 different women Horse, horse. Yeah, I wasn't gonna say it, but yeah. she Taylor's said it. We can say it. it. Yeah. To watch his reactions to what she was saying to him was frustrating to me because I didn't feel like he was taking any of it into account. He wasn't taking any responsibility for his role in this. He's almost like forgiven himself about it, so he doesn't really feel what she's saying. Meanwhile, Taylor's clearly still in love with the guy. She clearly still has a lot of feelings for him. So I really, again, I felt for her here. Um, I felt really bad that she has to like air out these grievances Mm -hmm. once again, stuff that we've been seeing all season. And now like she's forced to talk about it on national television. Like that. Yeah. That's tough, especially with what her sister's going through too. Yeah. And that's a lot of bad timing, but that can like pretty much lead us directly into what I wanted to talk to you about. And that's, I've got some theories. Okay. Okay. I've got some theories. theories. Yep. You'll like these. Um, So initially when Austin is talking about, finding his sister's stuff when they're moving out. Um, Overall, it was like a super touching scene, like a very emotional scene. And this is arguably the reasons that I started to like Austin was to see that vulnerable side and to see like this human being because my only experience was Summer House where he was just an asshole to everybody. So to watch that initially when we saw it like during the season, then to watch them revisit tonight again, it was like super touching. But you see Taylor start to like, really cry and she gets up and removes herself from the situation my initial thought was like what's going on between these two right yeah i mean we did see that that situation when she was out shopping before they went to wherever the hell they were going that weekend and it was a little too close for comfort i mean i guess they became pretty close while shep was dating her i've always felt kind of weird about you know guy friends being really close to another guy's girlfriend it's a little odd but I, I think I had the same reaction you did. When she got up and walked away, I'm like, all right, like Madison's crying. Madison dated him for a while. Shep and Craig are like kind of teary-eyed. Naomi's teary-eyed. Everybody's a little teary-eyed because it is a touching moment. 
the way that she started crying, I'm like, what? That, that's like, yeah, that's like in that's, a movie when you know the emotional connection. Yeah, that's that's in a movie when somebody brings up something sad and starts talking about their family and their mistress goes crying in a corner. Everybody's like, whoa, what the uh-huh. hell is that? That was my initial reaction. Same. Here we find out that, I mean, it sounds like her sister is also having a tough uh, battle with cancer and she's really going through it and not doing so well. So that's really sad. Makes a lot of sense. Right afterwards, I was like, all right, quell that theory immediately, pretty much. Thankfully. Thank God. Oh. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. <laughs> You're not done? Oh, no, sir. Oh, no. All right. Like, keep going. Let's, let's hear yeah. the rest of this. Yeah. So my initial reaction was like we just talked about. So, yes, in that moment, I'm like, okay, that's not damning evidence that they're together. However, when you start to put these little puzzle pieces together, okay, the shopping experience that they had, then the way that they interact with one another, they're very, very close, and they could be very good friends, but you cannot tell me that when they are interacting and, like, she's leaning on his shoulder tonight that you don't see some kind of spark or tension there. No, there definitely is. Now, again, I mean, I think that her walking away is justified based off of what she's going through. There is still, you're right, there is still something there. There's something there. That's palpable, and it's more than, it seems more than friendship. There's definitely an emotional connection. We've seen, at least, and you've seen now in Southern Charm, that Austin is a little bit more emotional. He's a little more emotional than your fellow guy in yep. the show, especially more than Shep. But... In this situation, yeah, I mean, who knows with the breakup with Shep, who's she been leaning on? Maybe it's Austin. You find out that Austin and Olivia aren't actually dating. Mm-hmm. There is definitely some trail there. Uh-huh. And here, but oh, you go ahead. Not done yet. Her reaction to Shep and how vicious she was and how angry she was towards him tonight, and they broke up. I guess a couple of weeks or maybe a month or two before the reunion started shooting i do think that she's still so in love with shep i don't really think there's anything there i think there might be something there with austin maybe in the future maybe the writing's on the wall but i don't think there's anything actually there right now i don't think that there's anything happening at that moment Mm. i think it's a thought in both of their minds and here's why okay this is the one thing where i kept taking note of it i was like hmm every time a scenario came up in which like she could make Olivia look better. She always took it upon herself to like give Olivia a little cheer. Like, Oh my God, you should just like sweep her off her feet. Like that tells me that she's either trying to throw people off her scent that they, she doesn't want people thinking that she's too into Austin because she's putting the emphasis on Olivia. Right. And also she's trying to convince herself that they just need to be friends. Like it doesn't need to go any deeper than that. So like, no, like that's your girl. Like you go get her. I think it's, She's not trying to be sketchy, but I think that there's feelings there. And I think that that's her defense mechanism. I don't know. I think you might be reading too much into this one. Nope, I'm not. Tin hat. Tin hat. Oh, yeah. We haven't brought the tin hats in a while. Yep. Tin hat moment. This one's not that crazy, but yeah. That's my theory. And I can immediately piggyback that. Is there still something? There is something. I don't know what it is, but there is a thing between Austin and Madison. Yeah, there's definitely something going on. Absolutely. Yeah, they, I think the whole Craig Naomi Vegas thing kind of threw people off a little bit. They weren't really talking about maybe what's going on with Austin and Madison, but there has been, probably always will be, a lot of emotions surrounding the two of them. Anytime that they engage in any conversation at all, it goes off the rails immediately. 
And they even had a couple of like chuckles back and forth and making jokes at each other's expense. That's not something that we even saw him do a couple of months ago. No, there's definitely still feelings. There's there. a lot of toxicity. So yeah. where there is toxicity, there is also flames. A, a lot of flames. What? That's the that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, the thing. That yep. is the where term. there's right. toxicity, there's fire. Uh huh. And then the last thing I want to talk about um, before we get to Rob, uh, have you seen my penis before? No, no. Oh my God! Thank you for bringing this up. I forgot all about that. I, that that one flew under the radar. For I've me. never seen yours either. No, no. And it's weird. I lived with a guy for five years, and his one of his best girlfriends came in and said, "It's weird that we haven't seen each other's penises before." And it was an ongoing thing. And I'm like, "What is this? Like, is this a real thing?" And they're like, "No, it's just like you live with each other. Like, maybe you come out of the shower and you're completely naked. You're like, why would I do that? Yeah, There's we don't towels. Do that. No, that doesn't make any sense." And yeah, there's like the locker room thing. You're not looking at dicks. I, you know, it's just, it's. Well, hold on. As All right. The resident, well, hold on. As the resident baseball player here, um, look, when you're in a locker room, like, yeah, there's, no, you don't look directly, but like, it's in your periphery. Like, let's be honest here. Like, yeah. It, but, it all right. So fine. That might happen. But, but that's a very specific scenario. You don't take I, it to the extent that Austin and Shep have. No, like, no, we would never stand side by side and pull them out and be like let me see yours let me see yours all right high five zip up not only that but here. then you talk to your significant other about oh it. wait taylor was there taylor and olivia both said or olivia had said i guess it looks exactly like sheps because apparently the two of yours look the same oh yeah so they talk they about the it same. afterwards so it's i don't know if i guess that's a little bit better because now you're like not shameful about it you're not you didn't just do this behind closed doors and have a little moment with your friends <laughs> and do that and then you're just like all right we're never going to talk about this i just wanted to see it all right cool see you later yeah fist you bump then out. tell everybody about it and everybody knows about it and you're just laughing it off i guess it's i mean i can't imagine it it's weird i don't get it but if they're having a good time then you know whatever yeah you know, do you have no judgment yeah. here no kink shaming good call just, bringing that up yeah too. no i just you know just wanted to know <laughs> Well, that takes us to the last part of this episode, and we only have to talk about this three more times, okay? Three more times until next season, and then we have probably 30 episodes to talk about. I, I think we're probably going to swear off the show by the end of it. Look, and we will do what the We'll people... see episode one next year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that coming. Well done. Um, but we're at the Rob Hub reunion, and... There's a lot of shit that needs to be brought to the table, obviously. There's a lot of big, big issues that we want some clarity on that they didn't give us this episode. No, because the season was 22 episodes long. Yeah. So, I mean, they brought up things tonight. First off, let's just say, this isn't welcome to the Rob Huh reunion. This is welcome to Halloween ends. This was a Halloween advertisement. How much did Halloween pay for this spot? I don't know, but I, I did think it was at least nice that Jamie Lee Curtis came out and talked about the charity that she was doing back when uh, Dorit was explaining everything as chic, that she then threw it in there and said the chicest children's charity. charity. Yeah. Kind of cool. And I guess it did raise a lot of awareness and a lot of funds, maybe. That was the best day that the charity had ever had financially. That's was awesome. That episode aired. Well, that's really cool. But I didn't need 12 minutes of just cannon fodder and halloween ends trailers and all this shit and then every commercial was kyle and jamie lee sitting down talking about the movie there are 12 halloween movies 
Not sure if that number is correct, but I'm pretty sure it's about 12. I, I think when you throw in all like close. the when you throw in like the Michael in space, Halloween in space or whatever, there's no, a lot of Jason. Jason goes to space. space too. Yeah. I don't know. Michael, Michael also go goes to weird places. He goes to weird. Well, Halloween three doesn't even have Jason in it. Or now I'm getting all mixed up. Doesn't yeah. even have Michael Myers in it. Halloween three is uh, the season of the witch. Well, and it's just three again, witches. there's like, there's at least eight of them. Do we really need to spend this much time talking about this? No. Is it really going to end? Probably not. Honestly. Look, hold on. I could get, I agree. 12 minutes is too much. I will take a little bit of Jamie Lee Curtis. She's delightful. I do love her. I, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. So, and I love the Halloween franchise and I'm actually really excited for Halloween ends. So I think we should do a little sit down for that one. I'm so down for that. Live stream. Absolutely. Oh, let us know if you want us to live stream us watching Halloween ends and Chucky. I think we have to go to the movies for that one though. No, it's streaming to Peacock. Is October it really? 14th. That is not an ad. I just. It's like tomorrow. Yeah, that's in two days. But. By the time this airs, by the time you're airing, we'll be day. watching Halloween ends. <laughs> <laughs> but the first thing they start to dive into is they're talking with Garcelle and the Jack situation with him getting bullied relentlessly on Instagram via bots, via terrible human beings like the scum of the earth that would comment on a 14-year-old's profile. He's trying to kind of just gauge how Garcelle felt about it, how she's doing now with it, and like she gets visibly upset obviously like this is a terrible scenario and i'm just going to jump to when diana gets tied into it so garcelle says that she launched an investigation to get to the bottom of the bots okay so my initial reaction to that was all right well like let's see who did it now once diana comes into play here all right garcelle immediately the minute Diana's little screen pops up and she's zooming in from Hawaii because she has quote unquote COVID, even though she's hanging out in aquariums, Garcelle gets visibly more upset. Like you can see her, she's uncomfortable. It looks like she's trying not to say something for all intents and purposes. And like what she has said about it, she's like, I don't even want to talk to Diana. Like I'm moving on from this. I'm handling it on my end. Like I don't need her input. Her reaction to Diana makes me believe, and this is another tin hat theory. I think that her investigation might be pointing in that direction. Has to be. That's the vibe. I did you get that vibe? Diana was also doing an investigation, which is bizarre because they don't talk. That's like don't lawyer up unless you're guilty, right? So when Diana's going off and they start going back and forth a little bit, and Garcelle says, "Just like leave me alone," I didn't even know that Diana was like bullying her on social media. Diana no, sent yeah. her a threatening text, like to to sue her and then in this world that we're living in with beverly hills like a major threat is a lawsuit we're not talking about like death threats being like serious is it a terrible thing absolutely like nobody should get death threats and nobody should send death threats like it, that's ridiculous so obviously that's a terrible thing and if her family got death threats that's terrible like i'm genuinely sorry to hear that your children and your family had to hear that that's awful but so did Garcelle's son. So did Garcelle. Like, that happened to her too. But for you to get upset with Garcelle because her son was sent a horrible message, posted it on his Instagram and said, enough is enough, this has gone too far. And you expect her in that moment to think about you and your family's well-being to pull your name off of the post? Like, she's concerned about her 14-year-old son who has just issued a racial death threat. So, look, is it shitty that your name popped up if you're not involved? Absolutely. Does your family deserve whatever comes after that? Absolutely not. 
But for you to assume and then send a threatening text message about this post, that's really bad timing. It's really poor taste. It's a really aggressive thing to send to somebody, and you can't compare it to a death threat that your family received just because somebody in your family was murdered. Like, that's a terrible thing that happened to your family. Yes, your brother was murdered. That's awful. Yeah, but her brother was murdered in a civil war in Bosnia. Right. That's very different that's than different sitting... different than this. Yeah, you're sitting in your million-dollar home with your family near you. You probably have hired security at this point. So for you to send an actual threat, something that is tangible that you can literally put into play at any point. I'm sure her lawyers are exceptional at their job. Like that's a real threat. So Garcelle took that as a threat and said like a threat is a threat is a threat, period. Leave me the fuck alone. Stop. Just stop. Simply get out of my life. Stop investigating because you're afraid that I'm going to figure you out. Stop bullying me in comments and just go away. Yeah, it didn't make any sense at all. And I mean, Diana not being there in person, full on cop out. If she comes back next season, that may be the straw that gets us to not watch it. Genuinely. Because she's just awful. And her being up on the screen. And I do like that they had the two. It was kind of like a two-parter. They talked about Andy asked Garcelle about the whole Jack situation and whether he thought or whether Garcelle had thought that any of the women in this room may have been responsible for it. And she straight up said yes. She's like, honestly, yes. And I'm, I have an investigation going on right now. He didn't ask the follow-up question that I wanted, which was, do you still think that they would be responsible I for it? I know. I think that was that, intentional. Uh, that would have been good. But I think he knew that we had Diana coming on later, whatever. So when Diana comes up there, and you put it very well, she gets visibly more upset. And she, again, has to talk about this trauma that her 14-year-old son had to go through, all the terrible things that happened. And for Diana to sit there, and say, I just wanted you to pencil it, pencil it, pencil it. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, driving yeah. me nuts. On the heels of her answering about how she got tied up, commenting on someone else's Instagram, talking about how it must be hard to be a black content creator, she goes, well, I didn't mean black like that. It was just, it was so bad. It was the worst day. I meant like in the black market, in in behind the scenes with all this other stuff going on nothing she was saying made any sense crystal backed her up for whatever fucking reason and said no i i really saw it right away and i thought whoa what the hell is this and then when i talked to diana afterwards i did get the gist that she didn't really know what she was saying no chance in hell did she think that being a quote-unquote black content creator meant that you were creating content behind the scenes to go after people. That makes no sense in any fucking language. I don't care where you're from. I don't care if you're on some TV stand out in Hawaii and you don't want to be on the camera because you probably looked at yourself on the camera the whole time, licking your lips, doing whatever the fuck you were doing, realized how stupid you look. So you don't go in person. You don't go sit next to somebody because you're afraid that they're going to go after you. You have to go cop out and sit in Hawaii and try to quote unquote defend yourself. And you're not doing any defending. You sent her that text. You had nothing to say about the text. You just said, I wanted you to pencil it out, pencil it out. That's stupid. It makes no sense at all. And the thing that stuck with me is, yes, if these are bots and they're going after Jax and Garcelle thinks, and she's doing this investigation, she thinks it's somebody in the room, to have your name in one of the comments is damning. Very damning. Very damning. And I did have a fleeting thought that maybe this was to throw 
off the trail of someone like Rinna or Erica. Or both. Or both. But I, as bad as Rinna and Erica are, I don't think they'd stoop this low. I don't know. I look, the way that Rinna has flown off the hinges, like, I wouldn't be shocked. Mm -hmm. I do think that if one of them is behind it, it is Diana. But real quick, the black content creator was Philly Diva. Guess who reposted our TikTok today on Instagram? Really? Philly Diva. That's yeah. awesome. So if Philly Diva, if you are listening, big shout out to you. We love you. Hell thank, yeah. Thank you for the repost and uh, fuck Diana. But um, hopefully, I really hope that we get some kind of resolve to this, like some kind of resolution where we know where the bots came from. I don't know if we ever will. But... I don't know if we ever will either. It, I mean, obviously, it depends on where Garcelle's investigation goes and what she wants to share. She might just want to bury it afterwards. And just move on. I mean, she'll obviously she can sue Diana and get at her that way. And then we might hear about it through, you know, the courts and however that works. Yeah, potentially. So I think it'll come to light eventually. Will Diana still be on the show at that point? Absolutely not. I I just don't see her coming back and there's no reason for her to come back. And I think she realized very quickly that all the shit that she does in the shadows and all the things that she does in her personal life that she doesn't want people to know about are coming out very quickly. Don't go up against the Bravo detectives. Ever. They're a dangerous bunch. They, they, seriously, they can dig up all this shit. So I, I, we've talked about it so many times, but if you have a criminal past or into weird shit or sketchy shit or you're doing sketchy shit whilst on the show, they're going to find out, period. Yep. But who took center stage this episode, for the most part, was Crystal. She came under fire, and he locked in on her pretty quickly. And we go back to the dark comment that we talked about at length on this show for a few weeks. That was actually the caveat for us being like not big Crystal fans. Mm -hmm. Because nothing ever came to light. We never got to find out what was said. So we finally get somewhat of an answer that nothing specific was said. It was just an overall tone to the conversation, which she didn't appreciate. Was her approach to the whole thing incorrect? Yeah, for sure. It wasn't great. Like, it could have been handled differently. I think what she was trying to say was, like, this is how I was feeling in that moment. And this also goes to, like, when she felt violated. And this is where I started to take issue with Kyle once again. Because now you have a very clear Kyle versus Crystal thing. Kyle is, like, egging her on and, like, trying to confuse her words as she's saying it. I don't know if you picked up on that. I did, yeah. Yeah, but she's trying to explain what happened and with the 14 friends, right? Mm -hmm. Like Andy brings up, you lost 14 friends. How did that happen? And she starts to talk about it. And the way she explained it was pretty straightforward to me. And if the timeline was a little bit muddled there in the beginning, she quickly corrected it. And Kyle's like, well, wait, 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 wait. You're saying two different things now. You're, you're mixing up your stories. I was like, not really. Yeah. And the two different things were when she signed to be on the show and when they started filming. Yes. And the way that Crystal had originally said it was, once I was on the show was when I lost those friends. And then she said, yeah, it was when I signed to be on the show and announced that I was going to be on the show. That's when I lost the friends. Those two things are synonymous. 100%. I don't care. She, Kyle's looking for this like weird caveat like, oh, it, was it when we were filming or was it before? Once she announces and signs that she's on the show, she's on the fucking show. That's it, period. That doesn't matter if you're filming or not. Nothing matters at that point. So who cares? And if she's the one who lost friends because they don't want to hang out with somebody who's on Beverly Hills, which by the way, that's okay. 
because you know what fine. you don't want to have anything to do with it you don't want crystal to start talking about her friends on the show and then have whatever you're doing come out of light who cares don't be friends with her anymore that's fine if crystal's moved on why the hell do you need to get involved kyle are you like are you beverly hills and you feel upset that these other women feel so strongly about this show that they wouldn't be friends with crystal anymore are you offended by that that's very millennial of you, Kyle. That is a, wow. Yeah. Well, good tie-in right yeah. there. That is a very millennial thing. And like, but as this is all going on, like you look to the right of Crystal and you see the rest of the Fox Force 5, like, you know, scoffing and like making faces and rolling their eyes and stuff. But every, everything that Crystal's saying, she can't say anything right. But we start to talk about her eating disorder once again and kind of what she has gone through with opening up about it and the group's response to it, which watching back in real time was really shitty. And like, I can't imagine being crystal in these scenarios where like you've opened up about something so personal in your life and like really tough to talk about. It goes to Erica's responses, which is take laxatives. Mm. Don't eat that chicken finger. I actually did believe Erica when she said that the way that she was saying it was, this is what I do or what I would do. Or if I'm feeling bad about my body, that's what I would do. Those things, when she was saying that, I thought that was actually genuine. I Irrelevant. came back and I'm like, you know, I, yeah, did we need your input? No. Do I think you were being genuine? Yes. But then she followed it right up with a chicken finger comment, which right. she then was unapologetic about. Initially, she, has, she gives like a half-ass apology yeah. after like 30 seconds, which doesn't count. And then you get to Dorit, like that quick clip of her where she's telling the entire group, while Crystal's not present, that she's like throwing up. And she does like the motion of like gagging herself to puke. And I was like, Jesus Christ, I didn't, I didn't remember that scene. No. And it's funny that they did that and showed that clip because you can see Rinna and Sutton, neither of them knew. And Sutton even said a little bit later in that scene, well, maybe we shouldn't talk about it because I didn't know about this and Crystal hasn't spoken to me about it. So I feel a little weird talking about this without her being here. When it's like the graphics, the nitty gritty of what your disorder is all about, yes. and you confide in somebody, you don't go and tell everybody just because she put a post on Instagram talking about her eating disorder. But I don't think that she went that graphic into detail about Absolutely how not. she does everything every day and what she does and the ins and outs. For Dorit to go do that and then on the stage tonight, sit there and say, well, everybody else knew about it. I was just talking about it because we were concerned about it. No one else knew about it. No. You brought it to everybody's attention. And regardless of whether they did or didn't, you are missing the point. Yeah. You're missing the point in which if she opens up to you in private about this, if she makes an Instagram post about this, this is her thing to discuss if she wants to or does not want to. It is not yours to use to talk to the group to kind of stir it up. And Crystal says, like, it felt very gossipy. And you know what? It really did, especially watching it tonight. I was like, oh my God, like that's 100% gossip. Absolutely. And to use that as like a gossip tool was crazy to me. And then to sit there on the stage and defend it for a while until finally being like, I'm truly sorry at the end of a weird defense that you just put on was banana land to me. Like, Crystal is actually defending herself. Garcelle is actually defending herself. They're using actual evidence. They're explaining their stances very well. They're trying to get through their explanations. And while trying to do so, they're getting berated by kyle they're getting berated by erica has to chime in and like the craziest thing in the world to me when they're talking about the dark comments is ren is like if you don't say it like you have to say it i'm like are you shitting me right now are you actually fucking with me tone deaf as it is like how are you going to sit there and tell this woman that she needs to explain exactly what happened when you're not doing that either you're yep. sitting there 
not telling us what happened with Kathy. Meanwhile, this is a much different scenario. And as she started to break it down, like a lot of the stuff that Krista went through early on started to make a little more sense to me where if she has an eating disorder, if she does have body dysmorphia, if she's like uncomfortable with her own self-image, then yeah, somebody barging into your room might be a little alarming if you are undressed. Okay, I can put that together from what she's telling us. That makes sense to me. What does not make sense to me is for Rinna to try and place blame on Crystal for not explaining more. Should she have explained more? Yes, probably. Did she? No. Rinna, should you have explained more? Probably. Did you? No. So shut up. I will say someone who's come a very long way is Sutton sitting over there while they're talking about the original thing with Crystal or Sutton walking into Crystal's room. We do get at least an answer for that. She has body dysmorphia. Mm -hmm. So she felt weird while she was getting changed and Sutton walked in. Now, obviously, Sutton didn't know that, but they've squashed that. They've discussed it. Good. They're friends now. They're done with it. And you know who didn't chime in the entire time because she didn't need to was Sutton. Nope. In the past, Sutton would have once again probably apologized, once again explained her situation for something that happened years ago that we're still, for whatever goddamn reason, talking about. And Sutton just sat there and was just, you know, nodding along and smiling at Crystal while she was going through it because they know that they're good. And that's what we need. We need a good concrete base for those two. We need Garcelle in the mix. And I think we're going to get it. I mean, I really don't know. I guess they're going to cram a lot into the next two episodes because we've seen some scenes. We see Sutton going after Lisa. We see the whole Kathy thing blowing up. We see Garcelle getting in the mix. So I think this was... You know, while it wasn't a whole lot, we didn't get a lot of answers. I think it's going to set up for two good reunion episodes. I feel bad saying that no, because I, I don't know. Will. I think it should. And like, we know that there's some major issues that we're going to get to and we're going to get some kind of face-to-face -face result. We see Kathy going after Rinna. So like that alone is going to be good to watch and mm -hmm. get some kind of resolution there. I, the last thing I, I just want to like touch on it real quick. Um, it drove me nuts when Sutton's like, we're good. We, as a group, need to move on. And Rena's like, well, why? Because the two that are feuding have no longer feuded. Yeah. They are finished with this. They are ready to move on. Your opinion on the matter means jack shit because they're cool now. They're incapable of moving on from things that don't include them because they have the outside perspective and opinion on it that they can just keep going on and on and on about. But if it's Erica involved, if it's Rena involved, if it's Dorit then they're going to want to shut it up immediately. Why are we still talking about this? Why is this still going on? We squashed this. This is over with. Let's move on. I can't be here right now. All that shit. But when it's not one of them, let's keep talking about it because this doesn't have anything to do with us. And we just have to keep giving you our unsolicited advice because we feel like it hasn't gotten to a point that we're happy. Nothing matters with you. No, it's completely you're not involved. irrelevant. You do not matter in the situation, no. especially if your stance is that you are upset that she is allowed to make claims without telling you what happened. For sure. Because you've been doing that all fucking season. <laughs> <sighs> two more to go. Two more to go. Two more to go. Do you have anything else from this reunion? No, no. no not at all. I don't either. We don't even have questions tonight. We have too much to fit in. That's fine with me. I'm exhausted. Yeah. That's lots a, to do. That was, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. I, you know, if we do move to a two-episode format, I think. Look, we are going to have to. It's going to take a lot off of our backs. It really is. And, you know, assuming that some things go our way, that might become a very real prospect. Oh, yeah. Um, hint, hint, wink, wink, hope, hope. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
we got a lot to look forward to these upcoming weeks. We will get through these reunions. We are, you know, you know us. We're locked in. We care. We're going to watch it start to finish. We're going to give you our full commentary. Just because we're mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually drained does not mean that we don't have enough energy for our bra bros. We sure do. So, you got anything else? No. I'm excited for next week. Yeah, I am too. I need to sleep. I need to hydrate and get ready. Oh, yeah. I can tell. My voice is a little hoarse right now. There you go. Yep. It's happening. um, Well, as usual, follow us on Instagram at brav underscore bros. Follow us on Twitter at brav underscore bros. And follow us on TikTok at brav bros. No underscore, just brav bros. The most important announcement for the end of this episode. Go birds. Cowboys week. Big week. Keep your eye on the TV. Maybe I'll be there. Yeah. Oh, you might see a cameo from Shooter on keep an eye Sunday out for the Night Football. And uh, go Phils. We're one and one in the series. We're uh, coming home to play the Braves. So between that and Housewives, we got a lot to look forward yes, to, my friend. Yes, we do. Well, but that's all we got. Brav bros are out of here. See you next week. Bye.